cliffcentral.com. Let's talk to Sean. I mean, I'll tell you about this guy before he comes online. So Sean Fuchs is an educator and author. And when you think about some of your early influences, your teachers are right up there, right? Being a teacher is massively important. And we, on this show, we always talk about how great teachers are and we talk about how important they are. And they get to shape young minds. And what goes into that is often more than meets the eye. Now, Sean Fuchs, who um, is the, he's, he's an educator and leader in some of South Africa's most renowned schools. That's what he did before. He knows all of this too well. He's recently penned his biggest lessons in a life story in his memoir called Fush, like push with an F, because that's obviously mm. what they used mm. to call him, letting readers in on how he's anything but a stereotype. Yeah. So let me tell you about his book quickly. He writes about his life as a school rugby star, a soldier, a provincial powerlifter, a renowned water polo coach, a lifelong entrepreneur, dynamic teacher, beloved headmaster, and a gay man who came of age at a time when South African society was a lot more closed-minded than it is today. So he started off at uh, Jeppy High School for Boys, and um, you know he, he headed up as an activist, the SRC of the South African Student Teachers Union, and then he went into the army, and he also had a memorable teaching career. We'll get into all of that with Sean in a moment. He is on the line. It's nice to speak to well, you, Sean. I, How are I, you this morning? Morning. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Good. Well done on the book, by the way. It's, uh, it seems like a really interesting read. I haven't started it yet, but I looked through the, the, the first couple of pages, and it looks like there's a lot going on in this book. What made you decide to write it, besides the fact that you've got all these amazing stories to tell? Yeah, I, um, I, I think I just got tired of the, 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 the media focusing purely on the negative. You know, everyone was ready to jump on the Parktown boys bandwagon and uh, just share the negative stories. And they are just absolutely wonderful stories to be written about schools and experiences in schools. And, uh, yeah, I think someone needed to put out the positive messages. I'm so pleased you said that because I've spoken to a lot of people recently who – feel that it's become so easy to tear down institutions and to break things up and to say that things are bad. And everybody's on that bandwagon at the moment. You know, it's, it, our universities need complete structural reform. Our schools are a disaster. That's not true. And if you speak to most people, um, most people who went to any of these schools, if you went to a good school, even if you went to an average school, most people remember that time fondly. They remember teachers who actually cared about teaching them. They remember learning things that otherwise they wouldn't have learned. They remember making friends sometimes for life. I mean, I don't understand why everything needs to be thrown in the rubbish bin now just because there are a couple of bad apples. Uh, I agree 100%. Uh, I'd, I'd put a, um, a challenge out even to you in, at the moment and say, uh, and I used to say this when I was still the uh, managing director of a group of schools with uh, new teachers induction, mm -hmm. and I'd say to you, think, think, of, um, think of the person that probably had the most impact or influence on your life. Right. And nine out of ten, nine out of ten, if not ten out of ten people, that was a teacher. Absolutely. I, I remember I, I was so fond of, of one of my teachers in particular that when I was invited back to my primary school to speak at their valediction, and it was in another province, so I had to fly there to do it. I said the only condition was that they brought this teacher back because he'd retired since then and everything else. And I was so happy to see him. You know, he, he, he had me reading uh, books of quotations and, and doing really interesting things, which most of the teachers probably didn't. It was extracurricular stuff in terms of what he told me to read and 
I just, I loved that guy. And he absolutely, without a doubt, was an example of the, the kind of teacher that you're talking about in your book. Yeah, Gareth, I, um, uh, I had an incident about two weeks ago, and it was the same thing of suddenly now we're, we're absolutely trashing these institutions. Mm. And it was a past student who had posted uh, on my social media, and uh, when I was headmaster still, there was a racial incident where there was a racial slur used. And we dealt with a student that used it at that point in time. Um, and the student was punished. Um, we we we'd uh, addressed it with the school. We'd put in everything that we thought was the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, in line with our value system, we didn't condone it. We didn't accept it. It was absolutely unacceptable. Yet eight years later, the student chose to completely attack me, call me the most horrible human being, um, and the fact that I was a, a racist apologist. Now, there are people who will speak for my career and for what I've stood for, and the book is also very clear on that. It was about creating safe spaces for students. I grew up as a, as, as, as a gay person and had to deal with that in the 80s, and trust me, there was enough prejudice uh, going out, police raiding clubs when we used to go to the old uh, Mrs. Henderson's or the dungeon as sort of the, in my late teenage years when I still at Wits or JCE. Um, and, and just the, the ongoing kind of prejudice, prejudices that you faced. So, so the point is to be called a horrible human being eight years later because now suddenly this is appropriate it's for me was absolutely no, I, I just I'm sure, saddened by that let's talk about this for a second because I see like grievance politics has become everybody's favorite game to play at the moment and people are even digging up bullshit that they have to go and find in records from 8, 10, 20 years ago in order to find some reason for them to join some movement that's going on at the moment it's almost trendy right now I hope you defended yourself on your social media from this idiot well, I think the language used uh, was completely inappropriate, on certainly on my social media, and, and I'm not going to justify my actions of eight years ago because I believe and I know that I did the right thing as the head of the school. Sure. Um, it was never condoned, and we never will condone that, not, not as human beings. Forget about it, South Africans, just as human beings. We're not going to condone that, uh, that, that kind of behavior. So I, I, I did contact her and uh, challenged her behavior, and she came back. The problem is you, you're not dealing with a rational thinking person. You're not dealing with someone who's prepared to have an open debate and an open discussion on that, which I'm, I'm very happy to so do. So what, what did she but, say when you contacted her, just out of interest? I mean, since this is something we're talking about now. Well, in, in, in her views, uh, in her response, it was, um, uh, my, my, my response to her was, um, this is what we did. I don't believe your, you know, what you're saying is, is valid at all. And I'm really saddened by your comments on me as a human being. And um, her response was, uh, this is typical of a racist apologist. And uh, you're, you know, very on PR. And, uh, uh, and I mean, it just, it, there, there was no logic in the reply. There was no logic in, in, in any kind of, um, uh, you, you know, it was, it just, it, it, it was one agenda and that was it. So in other words, this person was attention seeking. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Yeah. You know, There's a lot of that going on at, at schools at the moment because this is a way for people who are otherwise unremarkable to suddenly make themselves interesting. And, and you know, you hear stories. I saw some video footage of like a whole bunch of girls, well, two or three girls at um, a, a prominent school in Pretoria that were all demanding that their teachers get on their knees and ask for apologies over racism or whatever, or rather ask for forgiveness. And they were screaming and shouting and like clearly, these girls had mental health issues. There, there, there was the problem was with them. It wasn't with the school. Yeah, listen. I think we need to. I think we need to relook at at how we're running our schools. I'm not. I'm not saying that that doesn't need to be looked at. And I think we we for for lots of for many schools that you you're still kind of running a system that's an inheritance from the industrial revolution of 300 years ago. And I'm talking about the overall package of the school. So schools going into the post-COVID environment into a modern sort of uh, into the 21st century. Yes. The schools need to be slightly different. You can't continue to cling to uh, a previous legacy. But that's the overall package that needs to be re-looked at. I don't think you should, we should jump onto one specific bandwagon, one specific issue, um, and go with it. And in fairness, to a point, uh, two weeks ago I was interviewed on a podcast by um, uh, a guy that was at the same school as me. It, I was a JP boy. And yeah. uh, he, he, he had completely the opposite experience to me. So his reality was very different. I loved my school. I loved the masculinity. I loved the rugby. I loved the culture, the tradition. He did it. He absolutely didn't like it. So his experience was so different to mine. So again, it's people's reality. But with anything, it's how you go about it. Is it not from the the French Revolution's uh, philosopher of I do not agree with what you have to say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Voltaire, yeah. That's the that's the guy. So, Sean, I mean, we'll get into your book in a second. But if if you were still running these schools now, and and it's a it's a very difficult thing because you have to balance so many interests. You've got parents; some of them are great people who really want the best for their kids and for other kids at the school. It's not just about them. Um, you get, you know, the the teachers who who very often are real um, passionate educators who care about shaping young minds and you get some teachers who really just you know kind of there because they couldn't find anything else to do and then you get the pupils themselves the learners who again you get the ones who are really into it and want to spend every minute of every day learning things and they do as much as they can and they really drink up the entire school experience and and live a life at school which which they want and then you get the ones who are just coasting and it's hard to balance all of that, especially when you're expected to be some kind of superhuman when you're at the top of the, the, the school food chain, right? It's, it's near impossible. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, the, 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 the phrase of you're never going to please everyone is so, <laughs> is so valid because you just cannot please everyone. But I mean, I think, I think most heads have, uh, really have a thick skin, um, have the right, Kind of ideas in place, and and together with your staff, uh, you, you get on and do it. For me, what it always was about was creating the right community, and ninety five percent, if not more, people buy into that community and that value system, and and that's what you need to try and achieve. Yeah, it's very special when it all does work, and you've had experiences of that which you detail in the book too. 
just quickly, I need your, your opinion on something. You know, we've had this bizarre year of COVID, and I feel so sorry for the matrix of this year. Well, I feel sorry for anyone who's at school this year because it's going to be a very difficult year to reconcile. You've got less time than ever um, in, in the school year to be able to catch up all the work that needs doing. And, and for many of them, it's going to be a massive struggle. Do you have any advice on how this can be navigated best? What you can't change, deal with. So, I mean, that's the reality, isn't it? If you, you're not going to change your environment, deal with it and maximize whatever you can get out of it. There is nothing else that you can do. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, in a sense, you, you're probably going to be the most unique group of matrix ever to sort of <laughs> to have been around in certainly in living memory. That's the truth, certainly. So, all right, you, you mentioned what it was like being, I mean, you had to go to the army, you, you, were, a, you were a rugby player, and then you were also the, this, this, this gay guy. And I mean, I don't know when you came out, but as a teacher, did that make it easier or harder in some ways to just deal with ordinary stuff? Because you didn't, you know, the generation you grew up in wasn't as tolerant as, as the way people are now. No, it wasn't. So it it was it was tough. It was difficult, and I, I always make the comment that, and and sadly even today to an extent. But uh, it was very prevalent in, in uh, at that time. Whatever you 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 whenever pe- people spoke about sort of gay, um, it was negative. So you call someone a fag. You ah oh, that's so gay. Or whenever you try to insult someone, so yeah. you grow up. You grow up thinking that who you are as a human being is bad, is wrong, is negative, because that's the word that's used. Now, uh, that reinforcement on an ongoing basis really affects you, and I'm not the only one. I think a lot of gay people that have grown up uh, where they are being reinforced like that all the time, where it is negative, and you're desperately looking for positive role models, and, and more and more are out uh, excuse the pun, more and more out there now today where where there are positive role models. Um, so it was difficult. But I think that for the me, the majority was actually just being honest, just being completely transparent about who you are as a person. And it's about being, again, and you'll hear me say this, it's about being a human being. And my students, I mean, I coached the first in rugby. I coached water polo. I went on to co- coach provincial water polo. Um, and, uh, you know, from following the Parktown incident, the water polo's got such a bad rep at the moment, sure, uh, you know, coming coming out of that school. But again, there, there, there are so many other positive stories, you know. So, uh, again, I, you know, I look at it like this. So, so he has an interesting question. My story was positive, completely positive. It's about building up people. I have contact through Every day, literally, and I mean this, every day, literally, uh, I already had past students this morning messaging me saying they're going to listen to your show and good luck and am I nervous and this and that from around the world, okay? Yeah. And they're positive stories where you've kind of mentored and developed people and grown people. Right. No No one's championing that, but we're going to champion the guy arrested and sitting in jail who also coached the same sport as I did. Well, it's just unfortunate that, Sean, and this is the reality of humanity, is that we, we a good news story just doesn't resonate as, as loudly in, in, our, in our frightened little reptilian brains as the bad stuff does. We, we love bad news. It's, we don't actually enjoy it. We just respond far more vociferously to mm-hmm. it, you know? 
It's very unfortunate. Yeah. And I feel it sorry for those people who've dedicated their lives to education and have to constantly defend not only education, because it seems that there are people who, you know, I mean, you hear a former president of this country, Jacob Zuma, saying that he actually thinks education's a bad thing. It's just insane, right? <laughs> and, and honestly, you, you, you kind of wonder whether these people who feel that way even grew up in the same on the same planet as the rest of us who know that these things can be formative and they can set you on the right track for life and they can really help you to build a community around you that that is positive that is constructive is reasonable and this is what societies are based on hmm. gareth you you again we go back to the the comment about that person that influenced you and you immediately nine out of ten if not ten out of ten times think of the teacher uh, the reality is it doesn't matter where you go those those years in school in education will affect you and mold you and shape you to a large extent for the rest of your life Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, look at Leanne and Sia. These are perfect examples of people who really paid attention at school. I mean, I know, yes. I know Leanne did because she's, she's a total nerd. She used to sit at the front of every class, right? And Sia probably did as well. No, um, I, you see, I will admit now in apologizing to my teachers, I manipulated quite a couple of them because I got very close and friendly with them. I would go and hang out with teachers in their offices when I was bunking <laughs> science. <laughs> and yeah. go, shouldn't we go and buy some cakes for debating later? Let's go. <laughs> I, 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 picked, I picked that up last night in the technical run with Skia completely. I was like, this student would have been expelled in my school within five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sean, sir, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, so how's the book been received? Um, have you have you had some feedback already from people, and and what what kind of a response have you got? Uh, the feedback, uh, the feedback has blown me away. You know, when I started writing it, I, I, I'm as much as an, I'm, a, I'm an academic. I'm, my training is a history teacher, and then obviously sport. But I, it's the first book that I've written. I never expected it to make that kind of impact. And if you get a chance and you have a look at the reviews on the uh, on the uh, website, I mean, they have absolutely blown me away. People, that you know, the the, the common threads goes. It's it's a page turner. They cannot put it down, um, and uh, and really just laughing, crying. Uh, so so the response has been fantastic, which is which has been great for me. The 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 frustration, of course, is is the lockdown because part of my goal was to get into the schools yeah. and to have talks about inclusion, about diversity, um, and have the conversations that actually need to be taking place now. Mm-hmm. You know, two weeks ago, St. John's uh, and some other schools flew the pride flag because it was pride month. And my point is, yes, that's fine. But what conversations are you having? Do Does anyone know where pride comes from? Yeah. Did they explain the history? What is it about? So it's all very well doing that, but and that's and that's the part that I think at this point I'm really I'm really quite sad and frustrated with is that I can't get into the schools, I can't get out to communities, to organisations, companies. It doesn't matter and have the conversation. So uh, yes, I would love far more sales, um, and that's been quite slow, but uh, it's uh, it's it is what it is right now. The book is timeless, so certainly we will continue pushing it and uh, hopefully when we get some sort of normality uh, 
we can we can sort of get out there and do our good launches and uh, get into the schools. Fantastic. Well, listen, I wish you the best of luck with it, and congratulations on on publishing this, on, on having it uh, put out there, and uh, I think lots of people are going to read it, not just your past pupils and people who knew you, but a lot of people who are interested in education. It's always good to get someone's perspective, someone who has as much experience as you clearly do. So thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. What a pleasure. That's uh, Sean Fuchs, who's the uh, he's the former boss of a number of schools. I mean, I can go through it. He's got an MBA in business school, Netherlands. He uh, has a website of his own, shaunfuchs.co.za, if you want to go and have a look at that. And uh, he had some really interesting stories to tell, all of them in the book. Go and take a look. Very, very cool.